This is Life Change Church, Muskegon. What are you doing while you listen? Driving, mowing the lawn, folding the laundry, multitasking? We're so glad you're here. Subscribe and share this weekly podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on iTunes, or at mylifechangechurch.tv. Join us in person Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11.30, or catch us on Facebook Live. Here's Pastor Ron Rands. Amen. Would you turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, we're going to start. We're going to talk today, again, full life. So many Christians today aren't living the full life. And I'm watching Kyle Eidemann, seems to be a, one of my favorites now on Right Now Media, and he's, he uh, pictures this picture where how people are getting free from sin or free from religion or free from some traditions or whatever kind of habitual thing that people do. In fact, he makes this statement in uh, one of the, the videos and says that uh, he lives in Kentucky and, and uh, Muhammad Ali is from that particular uh, area that he lives in. And, and he says that this uh, person interviewed Muhammad Ali and he says, well, what is religion? To you and, and Muhammad Ali says, "Well, all religions are the same, and that uh, and, and that all of them really end up in this idea that if your good outweighs your bad, that you're going to somehow, you know, make it to heaven." And for us Christians, we realize that uh, that's not true. That there is only one way to heaven. His name is Jesus. And it's not about your good outweighing your bad. So, you know, and that's just a religious picture. And that's what Satan has duped the world for a long time. But you know, many of us Christians fall trapped to that religion, that religious spirit, where all of a sudden now we're about doing, you know, about doing the goods and outweighing the bads. And then he talks about how we're supposed to be yielded to the Holy Spirit in our life. And uh, I like this song we were singing this morning and, you know, fill this place. And I, you know, for me, um, I'm sorry, I'm a little selfish in that place because I want God, I want you to fill this place. Because if you don't fill this place, everything that I do is really immaterial. It's just, it's fabricated from me or fabricated from my studies, but it's not going to have any lasting effect And that the Holy Spirit, when he fills our lives so that we would be flooded over and that the things that you are drinking and eating today and supping in the presence of God, they're not of me, they're of him. Amen? And that's what what the Holy Spirit wants to do. In fact, um, it's been kind of a a conundrum for me. In fact, I was sharing with some of the elders this morning. I go, you know, I'm, I'm kind of frustrated with the presentation many times of Christianity and even frustrated with myself in it. And because it seems like we're always um, really quick to say, well, that's the work of the flesh. And then we're saying, just be filled with the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. And there's this, this ghostly uh, dialogue that we have no idea what it means. To be led by the Spirit. What does that mean to you? And you know, and then you'd be, you kind of stutter, but I'll tell you what, if I ask you, well, don't do the works of the flesh, and men, you'll start, you'll, you'll have a list. Yeah, I'm not supposed to get drunk. I'm, I'm not supposed to cuss. I'm not, you know, I'm not supposed to beat my dog. I'm not supposed to get, you know, not supposed to let anger get a hold of my life. I'm not supposed to be, you know, I'm, I'm not supposed to be full of rage and I'm not supposed to lie and I'm supposed to cheat on my taxes. And I, I mean, you give me a huge list of what you're not supposed to do. 
But if I asked you for a list of what the things the Holy Spirit's leading you in, you would start, you'd stutter like my son Nick. Anyway, so just just kidding you, buddy. (laughs) But anyway, you would struggle so hard with what to say. And you know, that's the thing is I don't want to focus on what not to do because it's really, it's really a picture. If you focus on what not to do, guess what you're going to do? What not to do. You need to be focused on what to do. And so today we're going to be talking about godliness. And what I love about this, um, uh, this, I would say this journey that we're having in this passage is that everything so far we've been talking about is about getting filled. Now it's time in the release. This is the, there's, we're going to be talking about three and it's talking about godliness and brotherly kindness and love. These are the releases of the Holy Spirit. In this particular passage that, that the Holy Spirit is, in, you know, is talking through Peter, it says it's not, you're not here just to, to fill, 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 fill. You are here to be a fluid release of who God is, to express who God is in and through your life. And so as we talk about godliness, in fact, how many times, I mean, if you think about that word even ever comes up in a topic or, or, or a conversation throughout the week? How about never? It's never really a, a piece of conversation. And yet in Peter here, it says that we're supposed to add godliness to our life. We're actually, what it's supposed to be is that godliness is an expression of our faith. And we're going to go through a passage today. It's one of my favorite passages in, in Acts. And, but before I do that, I want to give you ch- kind of an example of, of not knowing what's going on in your life. When the Holy Spirit begins to just take ownership of you and you have really no uh, a clue why or what's going on. It's just that you're, because you're asking the Holy Spirit to fill your life. Um, this was, was uh, many years ago. And I was sitting in the, the front row. I was an assistant pastor um, of Life Change Church. And uh, we were in, in, in worship time and praise time. And, and the Spirit of God came over my life. And I just began to weep. Not, I didn't weep to draw attention to myself. Because I don't believe that anything the Spirit ever does is to draw attention to man or woman. But to draw attention to God, right? In His plan. And so I just began to weep. I had no idea why I was, I was a happy person. I've always been a happy person. And so I have no idea, but he just, there's this groaning on the inside. And I began to, I mean, it got to me so heavy. I began to, to bend my, and it wouldn't let me go. I wanted to switch. In fact, I think I could have had a carnal moment. I could have just switched it off, but I had recognized there was something different going on. And I was saying, Holy Spirit, please tell me what's going on. He says, Galatians 4, 19. And when I don't even, what, what, he goes, he says, my, you know, it says, it talks about, he says, travailing till Christ be formed in me. And God showed me, he says, there's somebody in the service right now that is literally sitting, or literally right on a threshold of choosing God and not God. And that, that the spirit of God is want, literally birthing and doing a work because this you know what that means is people that don't want God or people that are, are confused about God what they are they're in this space of of really being indifferent and let me tell you something God only comes where he's invited and this is a spiritual law people you need to listen God only comes where he's invited you invite God in your life and God would happily oblige you resist him, grieve him, quench him, 
and you push God back. We have so much supernatural, we have so much strength in the spiritual realm that we can resist God himself. Okay, and so in this space, I had no idea. This is a very big learning experience for mine. Maybe you've had one of these things. I believe I've only had this twice in my whole walk with God. And I'm in this service and I'm just basically crying and I'm trying not to draw any attention because I mean I'm a leader in the church and I don't want anybody to go over there and go what's wrong with Pastor Ron he's really losing his marbles and you know I didn't want any of that I was just trying to find that space and my wife's even looking at me what's going on and I can't I can't really explain it but I know that I'm doing this I am literally the Bible says Ezekiel it says I look for someone who will stand in the gap but I found no one. God had found me. He says, I'm going to work through Pastor Ron right now, and I'm going to work through the spiritual realm, through this man, because this other person right now is not inviting me in, but I believe that if through the spiritual realm that Pastor Ron can break down those barriers, break down those walls in the spiritual realm so that this person will bring that invite. I have no idea what happened. All I know is that that's not about me. It's that God worked through my life as a conduit to touch another life. Do you realize that's what God's looking at? We are temples of the Holy Spirit. Now, what is a temple? A temple is a space where others can find worship and find God. I've had other experiences where, where uh, I began to, you know, where li- literally there was this time where um, there was an attack on a, 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 f- a friend and uh, we were in this prayer meeting together. Him and I were in this prayer meeting. And he was just so much in despair, so heavy, just really heavy. And no matter how much, I'm an inspirational speaker, and no matter how much I tried to inspire him with the word and, and the, the promises of God, and, and he just would not break through. And all of a sudden, you know, the spirit of God, you know what he did to me? And that this has only happened to me twice in my life. So do not try to duplicate. I started laughing. I mean, I started laughing from the belly, just uncontrollably laughing. And all of a sudden, I didn't have no idea what was going on, but it broke the spiritual realm that was going on and it put a joy in my brother's step to the point where he could invite God in. Because see, this, the Bible says, put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. God wants us to be in spirit. And many of us, what we'll just do is we'll stare at somebody in despair and go on up. God knows how to break it out. Amen? That's what God wants to do. And today I want to talk about godliness. He wants to work through your life. He wants to work through your life. And many times we're going over there, well, that's not my gift. It's the Holy Spirit's gift. It isn't your gift. It never was. And I, I love it, you know, and I don't, I'm just going to coin this. I don't even remember who came up with this phrase, but I, I grabbed hold of it, stole it, whatever. And it says, you know what? It's not about your ability. It's about your availability. Every single one of you can be available. And you know, when we're going to talk about it, it's just the, the love compel you to let the spirit, God, I want you to move so you can move in my marriage. God, I want you to move so that you can move in my kids and my grandkids. God, I want you to move so that you can move in this church family. Not my will, God, but yours. Second Peter chapter one, verse three, you'll see it on the screens. Please find it in your smart device or your Bible. By his divine power, thank God it's not yours. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. We have received all this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. 
These are promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Again, God wants us to see into these precious promises. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge. Knowledge with self-control, self-control with patient endurance, patient endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more you demonstrate this, the more this is expressed through this, the more productive and effective you will be in your knowledge of your Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way, they are short-sighted or even blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. Let's pray for the Holy Spirit's help right now. Holy Spirit, we know that you're here. We lean not to our own understanding. We lean not to even our experiences. We lean not to um, the past. We lean into you right now for understanding. You are the Holy Spirit of understanding. You are the Holy Spirit of counsel. And we ask right now, Holy Spirit, we invite you in our lives as we go through the truth, your truth, that you inspired for us to live out in this world. We ask that it become alive. We ask that it would literally take part and that it would not just be something that we would intellectualize, but God, that we would connect with it and that godliness would be not just a dialogue, but an activity in our lives. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. So number one, it says, your faith will grow so large on the inside, it will explode on the outside. When God's, when we allow this heroic godliness, or this heroic, when we talk moral excellence, virtue in our lives, we, when we grab this, his self-control, it's not our self-control, it's his control of our lives, when we add and we supplement these ingredients that God has in our life, then it will become explosive. In fact, that's why I believe so many times when people go on mission trips, we see such godliness and activity because there's so much intake of God. So it's bound to explode outside. So your faith will grow so large on the inside and explode into three areas when we talk about this next couple of weeks. Godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. Two, godliness could be defined as Christ leading your life, the, his thoughts, his attitudes. Three, godliness isn't fake. It's not man-made. It's too powerful to keep to itself. In 2 Timothy 3 verse 5, I'm going to read it from the King James Version. It says, have any, people have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof from such turn away. There's so many people that even within the church that uh, will find it, they go, well, that just stuff doesn't work. Or I tried, I prayed. And in fact, I was sharing with the elders, you know, when Elijah prayed for rain because there was a drought. And I, I think of myself on this and he, he, uh, he bends his head and prays. And, and then he asks his servant to go, uh, do you see a cloud? And nope. He bend, you know, bows over and prays again. Seven times. How many of us, after the second or third, possibly the fourth time, we would have 
just said, you know, I'm, I'm not praying right. Cloud's never going to sh- show up. But you say, well, then what made, what made Elijah different? What made him just keep through its, the six, seven? I think he would have done it 70 times. The thing is, is this, is when God's explosive direction on the inside of you is this, you're going, the only thing that's real to you is seeing that cloud. And he's going to pray and he's going to believe until he sees that cloud because that's what's, there's literally been an imprint of God's plan on the inside of your life. Do you realize that's what God wants to do in prayer? He wants you to download. He wants you to cast your cares. He wants you to cast your frustrations. He wants you to cast your your fears and everything on him because he wants to put an imprint on the inside of your life of his plan. And then he wants you to pray it and believe it. And so this is what we're going to read a a passage in just a moment that kind of describes what I'm talking about. Number four, godliness is too powerful to keep to yourself. In Acts chapter three, this is one of my favorite passages in in the book of Acts, Acts chapter three. Now I want you to, you know, I don't know about you, but I, I want you to somehow pretend that you're Peter and John. Okay? And then didn't do this, well, Pastor Ron, there's no way I, I, I would have, because God doesn't include history just so that it can be exciting or inspirational. Because the Bible's very clear, God doesn't respect man. He doesn't say, well, I, you know, I choose you to do that, but I won't choose you to do that. He's not a respecter of man. So he's also at the same time that God loves people. God didn't love people, beggars back in that day, more than he loves people, beggars today. So what's the difference? The difference is godliness. The difference is us filling up with who God is with an explosive expression of who he is. And it literally drives out all the despair of the moment. Look at what it, look at what it, see how this reads. Verse one, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in a three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried away, carried in, I'm sorry. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called Beautiful Gate. Now, just so you know, Peter and John had seen this man before. This isn't the first time, okay? So get that through, okay? Each day he was put inside, put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful. So he's, each, every day he's there. So he, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and straightened. He jumped up, stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, praising God, he went into the temple with him. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was a lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. 
So let's kind of break this passage apart if we can. Peter and John, they've seen this man before. But something triggers on the inside. Let's call it godliness. The Holy Spirit on the inside says, this is that moment. This is that time. This is that pivotal space. This is the intersection. This man is going to be touched today. This man is going to be touched. But many of us, what would happen is, is we would question because we we operate from our mind more than we operate from the Spirit. Our mind would say, well, I've seen that guy here 365 days already. Every day I come to this temple, he's there. Our mind would go, why, you know, well, I, I... I guess it's just like another day. I'm not going to do anything different today than I've done the other 365 days. That's exactly what we as Christians would do. We would mentally, the Bible says, lean not to understanding. We would lean to our understanding. We wonder, why didn't God want to do something? I don't know why God didn't want to do it 364 days ago. That's not me to guess why. My job is to all the godliness to have a moment with God. Whether it was, you know, Peter and John weren't ready, whether the lame man wasn't ready, whether the people that were in the crowd weren't the right crowd yet, it doesn't really matter what happens, is that godliness wanted to be expressed in that space and that there were two people that wouldn't argue about it. There are two people to say, I'm gonna surrender. Okay, God, let's get this done. But most of us, what we would do is we lean to our understanding, we lean to our past, we would sit there and go, well, this is, you know, I, I've seen this guy over and over and over again. It's just, this is just, he begs and this, that's what we're gonna do. And instead, Spirit of God, you say, well, Pastor, what do you think that was like? I'll tell you what that was like in that moment. All of a sudden, Peter and John, it says their eyes fixated on the lame man. What do you think that they saw? They didn't see a lame man. They saw one leaping and praising God. They saw that man jumping up. They saw that man completely healed. What made them see that? It wasn't anything that was human-made. It wasn't anything. The Spirit of God will show you things to come. Many of us are so built into the despair, so built into the past, so built into what's already happening, talking about the frustrations and what's currently going on, and the Spirit of God's going, I got an answer for this. I've got a promise for this. I have my Holy Spirit that wants to ignite this space in your life, and many of us are just so mindful and I love in 1 Corinthians, it says, when this, you know what? Their mind and the spirit, they're in opposed. They're in opposite spaces. So you say, well, Pastor Ron, what, what, what are you saying? What are you, I'm going to say we need to get on a journey to be led by the spirit. The reason being is every weekend we ask, church family, we ask for you to come forward to take time to be, get filled with the spirit. You don't, you don't need any of us to pray over you for that. I get that. What I'm sharing with you is that we need breakthroughs in our marriages today. We need breakthroughs in our children, in our young people today. We need these breakthroughs when it comes down to it, people having addictions today. There has never been more depression. There has never been more despair at least, at least in the area of the United States that I've known of in the 59 years I've been here. We need a breakthrough. Never has there been a church where, you know, where we're people that were seeking, but we're struggling even in the seek. We need this space. And I'm telling you, there is nothing new. 
There is no program. It's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And that the Holy Spirit is coming here to fill the space of our hearts, to fill the space of our marriages, to fill the space of our children, to fill the space of our worship, to fill the space. And the Holy Spirit wants to take us in that journey. He wants to go there and say, I want to put so much godliness. And it's not about, I can't drink, I can't, or I wonder how much I can, or I can't smoke, you know, I wonder how much I can. I mean, we're sitting there struggling with, with I wonder if this, I wonder if this, and then we went, well, I, I, at least I cussed less. It's, let me tell you something. Allow the Holy Spirit to fill you, and your dialogue will be what he asks you to talk about. You will see this change. Stop thinking about what not to do. Start filling your space with your heart and going, God, here I am. I want to walk out godliness this week. I want to walk out what you can do in my life this week. Do you believe? Can you be Peter and John? Do you realize that Peter and John were barely just past teenagers? Come on, they were in their, their you know, their, maybe the late 20s, early 30s. They had a three-year training with Jesus. They just came out of fishermen. You know, that's all they had, the training. And here comes these men of God going over there. So they, they, what they didn't have is a whole bunch of training what they couldn't do. They didn't have a whole bunch of church people going over and saying, you can't do that. You can't do that. You're not trained long enough. You're not a pastor. You shouldn't be able to do that. You haven't gone to Bible school. You haven't gone over there. Man, you know what you said to your wife the other day? That's a, they, we've got a whole bunch of education of why we can't do it. And yet here it is, the Spirit of God saying, look, I'm not looking for the can'ts. I'm looking for the can'ts. I'm looking to want to work in the space of your life. We can do all things through Christ, through the Holy Spirit that strengthens us. Number five, godliness or his expression of power is not to be used for human manipulation or financial gain. There are people out there right now trying to sell books. They're trying to sell YouTube videos. They're trying to sell all kinds of you know, spaces of time. And all it is is humanly made. It's humanly made. First Timothy 6 says this. These are the things I want you to teach and preach. If you have leaders there who teach otherwise, who refuse the solid words of our master and godliness, I tag them for what they are, ignorant wine bags who infect the air with germs of envy, controversy, bad-mouthing, suspicious rumors. Eventually there's an epidemic of backstabbing. Truth is but a distant memory. They think religion is a way to make a fast buck. That's happening today. New ways of presenting the gospel. There isn't any new way. The gospel is the good news of Christ. Jesus died on the cross for your and my sins. I didn't deserve it. You didn't deserve it. And through a yielded vessel, the Holy Spirit says, look, I want to fill your life. I want to fill your life. I want you to live the full life. And through that full life, you're going to get so full that you're going to touch somebody else through your life. I'm going to bring intersections in your pathway. Silver, gold, have you none? But such you'll have, you'll have me. I'm going to tag a moment in your heart. I'm going to make you laugh and you have no understanding why. I'm going to make you cry. You have no understanding why. I'm going to make you pull your car aside, car aside and all of a sudden you're going to start praying. And you don't even know why you're praying, but you're praying. Because someone in the pathway right now is literally in a space of intersection. And I'm looking for a person who will be a yielded vessel. I'm going to speak encouragement 
through your life. I'm going to speak directives through your life. I'm going to speak a rebuke to somebody else through your life. I'm going to speak a corrective word through your life. I'm going to speak love. I'm going to speak hope. I'm going to go over there. I'm going to have you have a deed. I'm going to have you go over there just like make sandwiches for someone on the way to work. I'm going to have you buy gas. And will you yield or will you argue? Because see, if you're trying to make sense of what I'm doing, then you'll live in the world of nonsense. Or what you can do is yield and God's senses will operate in your life and through your life. Every one of you that are here, or at least the majority of you that are here, you want more of God in your life. That's why you're taking time out of your schedule to be here. And yet your mind and your nature, your human nature, wrestles with it. Even to the point where it'll just give up so much for it. Your mind tells you that you have to pay your dues. Your human side says that there's, there's a space of seniority that comes in this whole thing and that you didn't pray long enough, that you didn't possibly fast. Man, you didn't get in the word of God this last week. You used really dry time. And all of a sudden it becomes all about your human effort instead of your human surrender. I'm gonna tell you something. You surrender and God leads. You surrender and God leads. I long for my own heart to know more of who God is. I pray you do. I pray that this is the space that, you know, whether you're you know, watching this or you're here present with God in his presence here, but the Holy Spirit during this worship set, if you guys can come on in, let's ask for more of him. Let's stop thinking and even with the space of conviction, let me just really quickly tell you the difference between the voice of the enemy and the voice of the Holy Spirit right now. The whole voice of the Holy Spirit will give you a correction in your life. And you'll feel heavy, but with a hope, you can do it with him. The voice of condemnation comes in your life, and it comes like you're never going to get it. You might as well not even try. You're just not in you to do it. That's somebody else's gift. Which leads me to this. There's a person in our family that gave this to me, or I should say gave this to our church family. Now, I can tell you one thing, that this is definitely not my gift. But I can honor who God is in this gift. And I think it's time for us to start knowing who we are in Christ. Now, this craftsmanship isn't me. But you know, we could, we could easily yield to what this ability, and yet I'm gonna speak to him right now, he's in our audience you can still be Peter and John. You can be the man of God that not only do you do unbelievable things with your hands, but you can do unbelievable things in your spirit. It's time for all of us 
to recognize that we have different gifts that God will operate through deeds. But all of us have the tongue in our life that God wants to work through. And the way God works through life, he shapes lives through what God says through your speech. That's all God's ever planned. He will shape lives through what God speaks through your tongue. Bad or good? Life and death are in the power of the tongue. So I pray, imagine us being filled with godliness, filled with the Holy Spirit, taking time every day, just every day, just doing, God, your prayer doesn't have to, listen, your prayer doesn't have to be 50 minutes long. Jesus prayed often. I like what Smith Wigglesworth said this. He goes, I don't ever pray long, but I don't ever go long without prayer. What a perfect thing. He's, he's walking, going to get a cup of coffee. He said, God, I just thank you for coffee. <laughs> I thank you. But you know what, God, I pray that there's in this space of, on this journey, there's somebody that you want me to talk to and walk with. Lord, here I am. I surrender. You can pray with your eyes open. You can pray with your eyes shut. Prayer is not what you're doing in the physical. Prayer is what you're doing in the spiritual. And sometimes it takes me longer to get in that space because I got too many distractions. And sometimes it's easier. It's really easy when you guys are here. I like it when Elisha had some kings and said, hey, I need some help. And first thing he says, well, bring a minstrel because all you guys, you guys just, in fact, when I see you, all you do is frustrate me. That, not you guys. The, the, Elisha's going, you just frustrate me. You guys just frustrate me. He says, that frustration's all I see, so I need someone to start singing so you can get past the frustration and hear what God was saying. That's why I love worship. Get past the frustration, past all the nonsense, past what's going on throughout the week. So during this space of time in worship, Will you yield yourself? Will you say, less me, God, more of you. Get rid of that boyfriend talk. Get rid of that girlfriend talk. Get rid of that wife or that spousal problem talk. Get rid of the, what your boss said, what your boss didn't say. Get rid of all the, the admirations and the desires, all the things that are going on in your grandkids, your kids. And just start thinking about God you want to do great things through my life. Here I am. Here I am. By your heads. Father, in this space of time, I ask that you help us. Eyes of understanding. Eyes of the Spirit. God, I ask that you give us ears tentative to the Holy Spirit. And Lord, our hearts, I, I know mine, Lord, can get pretty hard. Life has a way of just making it calloused. I pray that you help it be sensitive right now. Help our hearts in the space right now of worship to be sensitive. To give place to, Lord God, to your presence. To feel and sense your love in this house. Not just your love for us, but your love for others. That it would flow through our lives. God, I pray that worship would just flow right through our lives. We receive it and flow right through it unto you.
in Jesus' name. All God's people said, would you please stand up with me and worship? If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved. Ask for prayer. Share your story. Go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer. We'll see you next week.